Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Welcome to Script Shop. It's the podcast where we talk to screenwriters, and I want to talk to you, and I want to talk to you, and I'm going to take you down. Hi, everybody. This is Jack. (laughs) Allison is breathless after that stellar Macho Man Randy Savage impression from Cincinnati, Ohio, by the way, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy Savage. That's awesome. You? <laughs> it really hurts my throat to I'm just, do this, by I'm the way. I'm actually glad that you followed that up because I sat here just looking at you like, Yeah, you look like a like deer in the headlights. Happening. Oh, I kind of want to do like an intense wrestling voice, but I would need to like, I can't just do it. I'm not off the cuff. We should probably fill the, the rest of the world in. The reason that, we, that I was doing a wrestling voice just then yes. is because the script that we have for this week's show is a script about wrestlers called Kayfabe. It is a 54-page gritty and sexy coming up sports pilot. The first, um, the first episode, episode one of Kayfabe in a season, and we're very, very excited to talk to Kyle Gray about his script. Oh K-fabe. yeah, <laughs> Kyle Gray wrote this out. It's got X and C. <laughs> That's amazing. It's really hard on my throat. Hang on, I gotta, uh, I gotta hit this Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Hashtag Dunkin' Donuts sponsor the show. Give us some money on Patreon. Now I feel better. So, listen, listeners, mm. if you're interested in submitting your screenplays and having Jack do relevant voices for your work... I can also do Paul Bearer. Oh, Kyle Gray wrote this script for us. That was that was The Undertaker's hype man for the longest time, Paul Bearer. Uh, and then I think he passed away. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I like the Iron Sheik a lot. I follow him on Twitter. I know you do. You retweet <laughs> it's, him and it's I dig Because it. he's hilarious. He's funny. He's so funny. He's very funny. He just yells and says, F you a lot, which, <laughs> which I, curse words you know what? I'm, I kind of am behind that and that's very great. It's, he's very good at it. So I do love the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you'd like to submit your scripts, because that is the point of the show and conversation, hmm. you can do it at scriptshopshow.com slash submit or to film freeway. Look up Script Shop. No, just Script Shop on FilmFreeway.com. That's correct. Send us your scripts. Uh, We are Script Shop Show, though, on some various social media platforms. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram and you want to see what we're up to on a regular basis, it's a primary way for us to promote the show and uh, try to get the word out there. You can look up Script Shop Show. Uh, We're also on Patreon if you want to give us some money. If this this sort of audio entertainment is exactly what you're enjoying and it's right up your alley, we would appreciate any sort of uh, financial backing that you may be looking to throw our way because we have some ideas on how we would like to expand the show and that would uh, go a great way toward helping us do such a thing yes so thank you very much and uh let's get into the script what do you think i think we're good do we frank did we check all the boxes as far as what we need to uh yeah. get into we're getting the silent all right nine. okay so let's do this and uh let's say hello to kyle hi guys yeah kyle kyle <laughs> kyle 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 <laughs> hi kyle <laughs> 
Hi guys. No, well, I must say before we, before we start, guys, the uh, the Randy Savage impression was uh, was badass. <laughs> <laughs> that was Allison. She does a great job. Oh, with it. Jack, stop it! <laughs> Do you have any favorite wrestlers, Kyle? Um, you know, I'm such a fan that you know I'm just a fan of like every wrestler. I mm. think you know when you've been a fan as long as me, you can appreciate all of them. Uh, I, it wouldn't be fair to pick one. Uh, sorry to give a boring answer. When has your obsession with wrestling started? Is it an obsession? Um, yes. Um, I, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily an obsession, but you know, I'm I'm a big fan. I think I got into wrestling. I probably would have been about ten years old. Okay, that's a perfect um, age. That's right in the zone. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I was a, I was a kid who sort of grew up with the, um, with the eighties and nineties, like you know, action films. You know, with the, with the, you know, with Stallone and uh, Schwarzenegger, and I was really into the, you know the guys with the bodies and the over the top personalities. Um, but you know, kids weren't really kind of watching that when I was watching that. You know, kids were into sports and. Um, cartoons, um, and just one day I, I heard a kid talking about wrestling. I didn't really know what it was, um, so I thought I'm curious. Checked out my first show, and you know I was hooked instantly. Um, you know it just got me straight away. It was as much about you know the bodies and and the the action as you know really over the top characters. Um, you know that that was it. As soon as I got into the characters, I, I knew I was a fan for life. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the show that you did? You go to see one in person, or was it like was it WWF on TV? What what was your first like show that you saw? Yeah, it was um, it was WWF on on TV. Um, it was one of the ones that was on in the day. I forget the the title at the time, but mm-hmm. uh, because it was on right in the day, you know, they, they couldn't really be too sort of violent or you know sexy or anything but you know i just kind of got a taster of it and um yeah it, it, it was a few years before i went to see a live show but um yeah the obsession grew pretty quickly from the uh the little one hour show that i caught on a sunday afternoon <laughs> did you ever do any wrestling um you know nothing properly in a ring but um you know i, I had a younger brother uh, um huh? yeah, i kind of <laughs> i never <laughs> i never got him into wrestling necessarily but i definitely took advantage of being uh bigger and stronger and yes. would definitely yeah. throw, me ar- yes. throw him around in the belt on the bed and stuff so yeah that was that was as close as i got to wrestling unfortunately. i i totally get that i wrestled a lot of course i'm from a family of eight and we wrestled a lot mm-hmm. my old i'm a girl in the midst of there's two boys above me and then a boy below me mm-hmm. we wrestled a lot and i think that that's where some of my like aggression parts of my personality come out where mm. I'm very intense about these things. That's my voice. Because <laughs> I'm used that's how I grew up. You just wrestle with each other. Came from the streets. I'm gonna wrestle <laughs> <laughs> That's well I'm glad to hear that you also threw your brother around a little bit. That's hilarious. <laughs> so this is a cool series that you've uh this is a, an episodic thing that you've embarked on. Do do you tend to as far as your writing uh style and the sort of things that you're used to writing, do you do like sort of encompassing movies with a with closure to them or do you tend more toward series and an ongoing story? Um you know that's that's the interesting thing about this script. It's the first thing I've really ever written in uh, episodic form mm-hmm. um and that was that was fascinating um you know i I was kind of late onto the train of you know what the craze is nowadays of people being into series and the way that you know we it's kind of natural to sit and binge watch a series in one go um 
I was not into that for a long time. I was the kind of guy who did that with films, mm-hmm. you know, sl- setting time, you know, four or six hours, you know, with viewing time for me, I, that would be one film after another. It's wow. only within the uh, the last couple of years that I've got into that. Um, and the same with writing that, you know, so everything I've written previously is, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been kind of closed up in one go. It's, it's always been a film. So, um, this was, this was a challenge to write. Um, it was a lifelong writer that it was fascinating to learn, you know, the structure and, you know, the differences between how you would write scenes for a series and a film. So, uh, yeah, this, this is the first one. I uh, <laughs> hope it did a good job. <laughs> what do you think are some of the big differences between how you would write an episodic series and a film? Yeah, if kayfabe was a feature versus the way you're stretching it out here. Right. Um. Well, you know, I, I could speak from sort of experience with that. This, um, I said, you know, this is the first thing I'd written um, episodically. This script took a lot of forms before um, I decided on on the series format. Um, you know, and it originally started out um, as a script, as, as a film script, and it was a lot of pages. I think it was something like 250 pages and, you know, quickly realized that... Um, film format wasn't necessarily the um the way to go with it um i just think a lot of the time with films it requires you you feel pressure maybe to up the ante uh, a little bit more action into it um but at the same time with dialogue scenes you feel as if you're not uh, necessarily as rushed to get to the next scene in a film um especially if you watch you know a lot of kevin smith and tarantino films like i do yeah for sure um but yeah, it, I think pacing is is the um, the main difference with writing um, a series as opposed to a film. I I was very conscious of how many pages were spent in one setting with how many characters. Um, I don't think you've necessarily got the the feeling of constraint with um, budget and scale nowadays at all. I think um, you know most series cost more than a film does nowadays, so I didn't necessarily feel i had to dumb it down sort of budget wise um and scale wise but definitely pacing that was that was something i was so constantly looking at thinking oh man this 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 has gone over four pages now i better try and wrap it up kind of thing so that that was the that was the big one for me was was time We've talked about comic books a lot on this show because I'm obviously a huge dork. And one of the. Exactly. <laughs> spoiler alert. I didn't have to say it myself. I'll beat you to it. Uh, but one of the <laughs> things that I really, you know, obviously superhero movies are huge right now. And, you know, on Netflix, yeah. the, there are the series. There's the, the Daredevil series and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. And I'm a big Daredevil fan. I really like Daredevil. And one of the things Same. I. I love Daredevil. Right? Awesome. He's great. Very underrated. One of the things yeah. I really like about this series is, as opposed to trying to cram a Daredevil story into a two-hour movie in the theater is with 13 episodes or however many they do in a season, it gives it gives everything a chance to breathe, right? You get better character moments. You don't feel so rushed, and it, everything just gets a chance to kind of flex and have its time in, in the sun. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when when I originally wrote this as, as a film, and, you know, like I say, I, I kind of really became conscious that it was growing in length. Um, and then when it came to editing it, uh, I know all writers struggle to edit you know, their work down, but I remembered there were some characters that I suppose in a film would, wouldn't even really be secondary characters. They, would, they were kind of not necessarily integral to the plot, but you know, I love these characters and I thought there's so many places that they can go 
Um, and that was kind of one of the main things that made me think, you know what, I, I can't bear to lose these characters <laughs> in the editing process. Mm-hmm. So mm. that, that was kind of one of the things that tipped me towards expanding over a series, uh, for sure. Well, that's nice. Like, you have a love for the characters themselves, and so that keeps you... Actually, this reminds me of, and this is completely different tone, but Julian Fellows, who wrote Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. he the Downton Abbey f- final season is, like, so pleasant and lovely, and everybody wraps up their lives in the most perfect ways. And in an interview that he did, he says that he just loved the characters too much, and he didn't want to kill them off or Aww. have anything tragic... He wanted them all to live as happily as possible. That's sweet. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I know myself, I, I can't write what I don't know. Um, so every character um, that I write has usually got a part of me in them. Um, I'm, my wife will tell you I'm very much a kind of Jekyll and Hyde character. It's very much the mood that I wake up in on the day. Um so if you're reading a nice character in one of my scripts, that is just as much based on me as kind of the asshole character. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, you know, I think every writer loves their characters, but, you know, I can't write a character that I can't relate to in some way. So, yeah, definitely um, the love for the characters really sort of spurs me on to um, to write, especially, you know, with, with the episodes. I mean, I said that there was, was the first thing I'd ever written as a series. But honestly, once I felt these characters could breathe, it was not really that difficult. Um, yeah. I was just so happy to keep writing these characters and see them come to life over um, you know, a series of episodes. That, that was so rewarding um, as a writer. So Kayfabe is the story of sort of two guys that are trying to make it in the industry. They're working on the independent circuit first, and they want to work their way up into the big time. You've got Josh and you've got Joe. I'm blanking right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Josh and Joe. Jo- you've got Josh and you've got Joe. So, Is there one of them that you feel a little more uh, akin to than another? Um, you know, I thought about this quite a lot. Um, my wife is my uh, harshest critic. Um, and that's kind of the joy of her. She, you know, I know that, you know, if, if what I'm, what I've written is a piece of shit, she will tell me <laughs> no bones about it. And, um, she, the thing that she came back to was she said, um, do you feel that Josh is the main character? Um, she said, because, you know, you've got to have a main character. Um, so in some ways I did definitely feel Josh was the main character, but, um, you know, personally, Joe is um, my favorite. Um, I think both of these, you know, like I said earlier on, definitely have aspects of my character. Um, and in that regard, Joe is, especially as the series goes on, he's he's an intense guy in a, in a dark place. Um, yeah. And I, it, he has all of my dark features, you know, magnified, you know, turned up to 11. Um, whereas Josh, really, um, he's kind of, He's, he's a quieter guy. Um, you know, I think he he's definitely kind of a leader. Um, yeah. You know, in my profession now, uh, I'm a manager. Um, so a lot of that kind of puts you in a lonely place sometimes. Because, um, you know, you're leading a team and, um, you know, you're kind of trying to take things um, forward in a way that, you know, you can't be everybody's friend, but you also don't want to be their enemy. So, you know, it can be quite isolating. So I suppose right now, Josh is closer to where I am in my life, especially as I've got older. 
um, you know, a husband now and a, and a father now. So I would say in, in those regards, Josh has probably got a little bit more of me than, um, than Joe in terms of how he acts. But um, yeah, Josh and Joe, to be fair, I, I couldn't really pick who's the central character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're both of those guys, but in very different ways, um, I relate to. Well, they each kind of have their own arc, right? Josh is sort of the face of the organization. Joe is fighting for it, but Joe's also been told that he's a little bit scrawnier. Not, that, that's being a very relative term in this case, but he wants to get bigger. And he's sort of flirting with the idea of going down the path of steroids as a way to be a, a boost for his career. I think there's an interesting arc that they're sort of both on individually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I got into wrestling, I really got into like the people behind the characters. And that's, you know, really where a lot of this came from. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, not so much nowadays since, um, since the baby, but I used to be a voracious reader and uh, I love autobiographies. You know, I've read every, everybody in the wrestling business who's written a book, you know, believe me, I've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so drawn to just the different voices from, from each of them. You know, you tend to think, you know, especially the guys who were, you know, sort of big at the same time, you know, from the same era, you would think they would kind of have the same story, but they never, every single wrestler's story is very different. You know, they, they felt pressure from different, you know, different avenues. You know, you got the guys who felt they were left no choice but to take steroids so they could keep up with the bigger guys and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I trained once upon a time as an amateur bodybuilder. So, you know, I felt that um, pressure back in the day, um, you know, with some of the guys who were, you know, definitely on the juice and, you know, were not really sort of admitting to it. Um, so the steroids thing as well, you know, I, that, that was an interesting thing, um, you know, and that's a really interesting area that I always wanted to explore. I wanted to ask what the impetus was, particularly for this script, because, of course, you have a long history with the sport. You have a lot of insider insight. There is layers and depth and detail work throughout it that seemed to come very effortlessly. So what was the impetus that took you from living and being a part of this lifestyle to writing this story particularly? I always felt uh, really drawn to the characters. I mean, um, I always thought, you know, as popular as wrestling has been back in the day, it's it's still a very misunderstood um, thing. And I think it's very much one of those things you either get or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter how much somebody works on you, um, if you know, you're a fan and you're trying to get somebody who's not a fan into it, it's never going to work. Um, you either understand that or you don't. And you know that's frustrating from a fan's point of view. Um, and I always thought if you were an actual wrestler, you give so much of your life to that industry. I mean, you, you're on the road, um, you know, 300 days a year, you know, just trying to sort of stay healthy and stay, um, stay on top of yourself mentally, you know, being away from your family and your friends and obviously the damage that you're doing to your body and the ring, you know, all the time. I always found that, you know, in a way, really, it's more sacrifice than it is gain. Um, and I was fascinated why, you know, you'd want to keep doing that, especially some of the guys who've, you know, put 20 plus years into the industry, you know, you kind of think, you know, especially if they've got that character and that it factor, um, you know, if they'd have, say, been in the film industry or something like that, you know, they kind of would have had arguably an easier life um, and more money for what, you know, they've got to show from wrestling. But I think 
it's that's not really the point for wrestlers. Um, and that was fascinating. You know, they're artists. Um, you know, yeah. they, they paint a story with uh, with their bodies. Um, and I, I suppose they never really will get the props they feel that they deserve for you know putting their body on the line all the time. And that was you know, something I thought had never really been tapped into. Um, not, at least from a series point of view. Well, there is. I mean, the the one notable exception there would be Glow, uh, right? The Netflix show. But I yep. even I even made a note as I was reading this, uh, the idea of both Glow as a show and whatever you have plans for for Kayfabe wouldn't necessarily you know negate each other or make one any less worthwhile right. because Breaking Bad and Weeds were on TV at the same time, and those were shows that were sort of in the same vein, but were covering different angles of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned Glow as well. Um, you know, when I've been pitching this to um, people, you know, and you know, when I say people, I mean you know, producers and agents as much as you know, my my friends and family. Um, the first thing I kind of did was um, was selling it to people that there's nothing else out there. You know, I, I know all writers like to come at things from that point of view so there's nothing like my script sure um, but the the really there really is not a lot at the minute that is close to you know kayfabe i mean you you search any streaming site um and there's nothing there right. um other than documentaries and glow is is the only thing really and then you know um the mickey rourke film the wrestler right um but there's there's nothing out there really um and same as you said i i, I I'm not necessarily a fan of Glow. Um, you know, I also don't hate it, but um, it's, you know, I think the time that it's set in and with it being a bit more of a lighter tone and about women, um, that and, you know, Kayfabe are quite, no, I wouldn't say worlds apart because um, it's great to see wrestling get that kind of spotlight and, you know, it's it's really popular and I think rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it explores things in a, little bit of a different way than than i did um and that that was important to me as well that i really wanted to show both sides of um, of wrestling you know i felt that the uh, the mickey rourke films say uh, really kind of it showed the underbelly of it um and it showed you know there's some sides to that industry that you know are really dark and um and pretty grim yeah that flicks a downer and what, yeah, he really is, you know, and I, I didn't want to shy away from that, but I also didn't want that to just be what it was because uh, I was very conscious if you're watching this and you're not a fan of wrestling, um, you're going to kind of go away with quite a negative view of, of, of the business and, and the product. So it was it was interesting to try and get that fine balance between, um, you know, showing, showing the glitz and the glamour um, just as much as, you know, that dark grit. Um, and that's you know always something I've been interested in is you know trying to get that balance between the grit and the uh, and the bright lights. You know, you mentioned of course Glow and what you think their relationship to women is with that show. And in your script, you have a female protagonist, a protagonist as far as we know. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's not the protagonist, but she's definitely she's the a, female she's, lead, right? Um, Jody yeah. and Jody. She uh, is a stripper, is a stripper and a wrestler. I think I almost just mashed those words together. A stressler. A str- <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But, but her big thing is that she has an intensity that hasn't been seen yet in the sport for women, and she does a lot of very daring things and is pushing the boundaries on what women can do with the sport. 
And I would love to just hear what your thoughts are about this character and also about what the the journey for women through the sport has been. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad that you guys brought this up. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to touch on the journey that women have been through and and uh, and wrestling, um, but I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit because you know the script is kind of set in the early to mid '90s, which you know if you were watching wrestling at that time was not really a great time for women. For sure, um, it was you know very much um, the screen time you got really was kind of down to your uh, bra size. Um, mm-hmm. It really wasn't wasn't really great for equality um, back then, and you know. If, if you were lucky enough to get that screen time, you were probably going to be uh, in your underwear and wrestling with mud or jelly or something. And that was, you know, and some of the women um, I can attest to, you know, I went to a live show last year and um, the women stole the show. Uh, the women were so good. And the, the caliber of athleticism, I think it's a shame because, you know, it's, it's always been there. Um, but, you know, you think of wrestling and you think of, you know, six foot five 300 pound guy um and it's only really within the last couple of years um with some of the names that have got attached to wrestling especially you know ronda rousey recently um where women are finally getting that spotlight and um so i i kind of felt the challenge that i wanted to challenge that in my script but at the same time you know it wasn't a great time for women in the time that the script is set so I kind of wanted to show that um, it's not necessarily that women are, say, better at what they do now. It's just that um, times have changed and there's there's more demand for women now, I think. And, you know, there's a lot of women out there who have worked really, really hard to get to that point where, you know, fans aren't kind of waiting for the women part to end and the, and the men to come back. Um, so I kind of wanted to show that, you know, the seeds have always been planted, um, you know, for the past 15, 20 years, but it's, it's taken, you know, that long that, that to be fair is, you know, a kind of a series in itself as, um, in terms of an idea of, you know, where it, where it's sort of started or where it's got to now. Um, which to a certain extent is what glow is covering. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm quite intrigued to see where that series goes with it um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, on top of that, you know, I've always been interested in um, kind of the struggle that women are against with you know male-dominated industries. Um, you know, I've I've kind of worked in warehouses most of my um, most of my working life. You know, that's that's a very you know working-class male environment. You know, um, men talk a certain way and act a certain way and you know if um if you're a woman and um in that workplace i appreciate it it can be uh quite intimidating and it's not seen necessarily as something that um is a typical woman's job you know i've always challenged that you know what is a typical woman's job um so that was kind of really appealing for me to try and put that to you know um an industry that's so much more intimidating than you know say a, a woman working at um you know in a warehouse or something i mean do you really get much more of a male dominated environment than you know sort of wrestling yeah. um so yeah i was always really really drawn to the struggles that you would kind of be up against as a woman um you know you've from what i said earlier on you especially in the 90s you know if you wanted to be you know kind of big and make money as as a woman wrestler 
you were more or less a stripper. Yeah. Um, and you know that that would really be part of laying down your integrity to um, you know get your name there. Uh, so we are probably ought to. That's a sounds like a pretty good intro to read our the scene that we have uh, selected where it is Jody and Josh uh, in a car having a nice little character moment and a relationship moment between the two of them since they are very much in a relationship and also working in this industry. Yes. So, listeners, today we have a selection, just like Jack says, where our two characters, Jody and Josh, are going to be talking to each other. Yes. Jack is going to play Josh. I will play Jody. Frank will be doing our uh, narration and stage directions. And we will be back with Kyle in just a few moments. Yep. Hang on just a second, Kyle. Okay. All right. So, Frank. In, as far as the setup for this goes, yeah. uh, Josh has just picked Jody up from the strip club that she was at least, we don't know that she necessarily works there on the reg, but just right. she was doing a performance there. And uh, Josh and his friend Joe have just been, we've been seeing how rough their lives are, mm. kind of living in cars because they're so dedicated to working their way up through this industry that they love so much, and they're trying to hit a break, but they're also just doing this thing that they're really into. And uh, Josh has just uh, picked Jody up from work. Interior, car, minutes later. Josh drives, Jody rides shotgun. How was your match? Did you win? Nah, job for Joe. Good match, though? It is what it is. I hear ya. The key to surviving the road is entertainment. There isn't a whole lot to do when you're driving for hours at a stretch. Sometimes you're lucky enough to have somebody with you. Sometimes you're lucky enough to get along well with that somebody. And if you are that lucky, make the most of it. Play games. Make each other laugh. You've got a long way to go. Game? Sure. All right. What do you want to play? Oh, would you rather? (sighs) Go for it. But you start. All right. All right. I came prepared. Oh, you did, huh? Yeah. All right. You ready? Bring it. Okay, would you rather have sex in front of your parents or your parents have sex in front of you? Oh my God, how sick are you? I'm not pissing about tonight. Jesus, you couldn't start off on an easy one. (laughs) Where's the fun in that? I can't have sex in front of my parents. So then your parents have sex in front of you then? Yeah, okay, whatever. Sick bitch. Oh, fuck you! Man, I'm gonna make you pay. Bring it, woman. All right, all right. You want a piece of me? Chew on this. Would you rather drink my piss or eat my toenails? Ugh, you sick puppy. Ooh, who's laughing now? Ugh. All right. How much piss and how many toenails? A cup of my piss. Like your average paper cup or half a sandwich of my toenails? Half a sandwich? Yep. Well, the half a sandwich, obviously. Oh, you sure? I don't think you've thought this through. Oh, why? You can down the piss like a shot, right? Now, the sandwich. The softness of the bread. No butter, by the way, is going to make the contrast of the nails that much more disgusting. The bread's going to go down easy, but the nails are going to scratch the roof of your mouth and get stuck in your throat. Oh, fuck you, the piss then. Oh, you piss-drinking psycho. Fade to black. Oh, that was fun. I love that scene. That's great. (laughs) Kyle, that was wonderful. You're back. These two have a fun relationship. Yeah. um, Man, that was so great to hear that read out. Uh, You guys did a really good job there. (laughs) I really, I really, I I love reading the women characters we get on this show Mm because some of them are so rad. Yeah. And like a wrestling stripper, that sounds so much fun. For my little exhibitionist heart. Yeah, right. Everything about that sounds amazing. So I'm, 
I love Jody and I love that character and it's 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 great just getting to read her for a few minutes. So thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, you did a really good job. You, you really sort of caught the way that I heard her voice in that. So yeah, thank you for that. That was that was great to hear. My pleasure. So kayfabe, we probably ought to explain to the audience yeah. why that name is significant. Yeah. So um, kayfabe is how uh, best to describe it. Um, I'm sure the 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 way to or to be kind of the the show goes on, um, especially with with wrestling. Um, you know. The guys who were, you know, bad guy characters, you know, they're not really bad guys, um, but, you know, they're playing that character. And, you know, to a certain extent that, you know, some of these guys, even if you see them on the street and you ask for an autograph, you know, if they're playing bad guy characters, they're not going to give you an autograph. Um, and that's kind of, that's kayfabe. That's keeping up um, the act of what has been shown as, um, as, as real. Um, and I think, you know, another reason why I was really drawn to, kayfabe as a title um as you know these guys spend a lot of time um with other wrestlers um and on the road you know more than they see their own sort of family and friends and um you know i suppose they're kind of living through the fans eyes especially if you're playing a character that's really exaggerated uh you know exaggerated of your own character say or is completely different you know the wrestlers. They kind of a lot of the guys. You know they'll they'll call themselves by the wrestling names. Um, you know when they're you know sort of out and drink together and stuff like that. And I was always really intrigued by you know how that line can blur. You know if people love you for the character that you're playing. You know three hundred days a year. Um, there's going to be a point where you kind of lose touch with you know your actual character. And I thought that was you know fascinating um and a lot of these guys you know it takes a lot of adjusting when you know they're not on top anymore and you know they yeah. have to come to uh, retire from the business and you know how do they go back to being you know a normal guy or a normal woman as opposed to this over-the-top character that's you know been stealing screen time for years and i thought you know a lot of these guys kayfabe is all they've got um you know so once he comes to dropping kayfabe and just being sort of real and not a wrestler or a wrestling character anymore. You know, that's, they don't, they don't know how to do it. That's been their life. Um, and that was, I think the thing that sold me on putting so much time into this project, I thought that was one of the most fascinating ideas, you know, I've ever come across. And um, so it was kind of a no brainer really very early on. I kind of knew that was what the title was going to be. You know, just based on that title, when I first uh, sat down to read this and I saw the title and in the very beginning of your script, you give it a definition of uh, the fact or convention of presenting staged performances as genuine or authentic. And just based on that and reading that definition, I started to wonder if there would be themes in the script of just these people being true to themselves or like maintaining a fake relationship in real life, the way the, the way the wrestlers might do that, or just in terms of life, where if you are in a relationship with somebody and it may not be going all that well but you don't want to be alone either so maybe you start putting on an act and just the idea of self i thought was a cool maybe uh thread that could be weaved in as a theme in the thing yeah you know that um that definitely comes into play um in some of the later episodes uh, I, I don't think i had chance to explore it too much and um 
and and then and the episode that you know you guys have read today right um but you know it, it definitely it grew legs as it went on um and that's it's kind of the thing that that holds you know the the script together um because you know it's obviously such a such a big theme and a big idea and i think in a way you know everyone can relate to that you know i felt that i had to explain um the meaning of the word at the beginning um because you know you've kind of got a refresher every time um you know the show starts and you've got that to go back to you know that plus you know my favorite film of all time was Pulp Fiction and I love how it starts with the definition. So that was kind of my little sort of tribute to Pulp Fiction as well. That's cool. Um, but I think everyone can relate to kayfabe, even if you are not a wrestling fan or don't like wrestling or have never heard that uh, phrase before. Once you kind of read that definition, um, I think you can just relate to it instantly, you know, because every, everyone kind of has a different face for, you know, different aspects of life. You know, I'm very different. Um, at work as i am at home especially as a manager um you know so you, you have to act a certain way that's not necessarily who you are but it's kind of who you have to be to get by i wanted to talk a little bit about the monologue work that you put into this um episode there seem there's a lot of voiceover and a lot of monologue and um, I think they're very effective in terms of their use. But my my real question is, like, how do you get away with doing so many monologues and so many voiceovers in this episode? Why do you think that that ties into, like, the tone and the feel and really represents what this script is? Yeah, you know, I, I should mention, um, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier on that this was originally written in film format and then, you know, I, I moved to... Um, a series but it actually started as a series of short stories um and each each one was kind of loosely linked together but was written uh, first person from a different wrestler's perspective in every story um and straight away i knew that making this into a series i couldn't do that um i could maybe do that if episodes were kind of standalone episodes and it would kind of be like you know joe's story for episode mm. one um josh's story for episode two but i, I didn't feel that i'd anywhere near as as much uh, potential you know it didn't have legs like say bringing a, a central character um and that was something that you know my wife brought up very early on and she said you know this this needs a main character and for a long time i wanted that to be joe um but within being kind of more intense and you know going to dark places as it goes on i, I didn't really want to ma- risk i'm sorry misrepresent um the industry so yeah. you know it got to be that i thought josh um is i was really intrigued and kind of taking him to a place you know straight away i like to think that you like josh you can relate to him you see him as you know a, a stand-up guy and he's put in a difficult position where he's kind of you know the face of things and um you know there's a little bit of jealousy there with um with joe you know and jody is having to work so much harder to get where uh, josh is too so he kind of became the the main character and at the same time he's not kind of he's not kind of the biggest character in terms of personality um so one of the ways that i could sort of expand his personality and make him more relatable was his voiceover and you know i felt i kind of needed a narrative voiceover to explain certain things of you know wrestling and that kind of some of it was to speed things up a little bit because 
I didn't. I was very conscious of lingering too long on explaining the inner workings because you're either interested in that or you're not, and that's not necessarily. You don't necessarily have to know some of these details to you know be entertained or get into the story. Um, so you know, just sort of briefly explaining that with a voiceover, you know, got you into that place a little bit quicker, and it really felt like Josh was the voice who could do that, especially with him moving into the big leagues as we start that script you know yeah. he's kind of learning the same um the same as we are so it, it wouldn't have felt right to sort of have like an older character who's been in the business longer you know doing the voiceover um but you know i spent a lot of time you know how much do i explain how much do i not explain um you know i didn't want to ramble on but didn't want to be too brief um so it, it was a challenge well, I think it helps build no. it, it helps build insight and rapport for an audience. If if you are somebody who's tuning in who maybe isn't the biggest wrestling fan, you get an insight into this world in a more quick way and a more direct way uh, than having to have things build up. And and also by having a main character instead of making it like an anthology series, like you talked about, that also helps build like emotional uh, connection and familiarity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of as the series goes on as well, you know, certain characters become, you know, bigger characters and, um, you know, especially because of time constraints and stuff like that. There wasn't some episodes, there wasn't really a lot of time with Josh. And, you know, considering obviously he's, he's the main character, the voiceover kind of became a good thing to fall back on because even if, say, I could only get, you know, a two page scene with Josh because of everything else that was going on with the other characters, at least you still had his take on things right. with the voiceover. Um, so, you know, it, it became just as much about explaining the inner workings of the business as much as explaining where he was at with things. You know, you talked about how you've pitched this to people and looking to get this sort of thing produced. <laughs> this feels like there's obviously a ton of stunt work involved in this. Uh, I mean, that's got to be a little bit of a consideration as you're working through your story and stuff, too. Having people that can act and, you know, have their lines and then also physically perform in some of these events that you've mapped out in this first episode. Yeah, you know, I, again, I was I was very conscious of, of this as I was writing it. Um, but I think what's interesting... Um, you know, especially nowadays, I mean, I, I know that this is set in like you know, the early 90s where I would say, you know, there was kind of more focus on the big characters then. I, I mean, literally, you know, the big guys, um, you know, the seven foot dudes, you know, the 300 pound guys, you know, that was uh, basically what you thought of when you thought of a wrestler. But I think with the ex, um, the expectation nowadays, you know, some of the guys who, you know, are the faces of wrestling now, you know, some of them are fat guys, some of them are, you know, skinny guys. Um, so we're, we're kind of breaking away from that image of, you know, just a massive oiled, you know, flexing pecs kind of dude, which kind of it made it easier for me writing some of these um, scenes because, you know, if, if every single character in this had to be, you know, the seven foot guy, you know, the, the 300 pound guy, you know, there's not a lot of actors out there, you know, who are right. going to be sort of, ready for <laughs> ready for those scenes so i think the expectation of what a wrestler looks like nowadays definitely um helped me out you know that but, you know it's that so go yeah go on sorry well that actually brings up something that i i noticed is that the action sequences are very specific and very enjoyable and so i just wanted to ask if you had any advice for writers in terms of writing action sequences into their scripts i am um, I've been quite fortunate with how I've written this that um, it's taken different formats to get it 
where it is now. Um, and the the thing I enjoyed the most about writing this in, in prose is like short stories. Every kind of short story that I wrote was based around a match um, in some way. So that kind of became became the theme of the short story. So, you know, I'd written this in prose and I'd, I'd actually kind of just copied and pasted what I'd written onto the script and then sort of worked it from there, you know, trimmed some things down, padded some things out. And I think I would have struggled a lot more writing these from scratch in script format. Um, so for me, it helped to write it as prose. Uh, you know, because some of these scenes were like, you know, eight to ten pages um, in, in prose narrative. So editing that down, you know, kind of maybe took longer. But I think because there was so much meat and padding on the original descriptions of things that, you know, I kind of had to work to get where I was going. But and um you know sort of shorter sentences you know with less description and you know that's that's a challenge for a writer especially if you kind of like to go on as much as i do um <laughs> but I, I i can't imagine i can't imagine um writing it from scratch as a script because you know i would feel a little bit too too restricted by how i can write it in a script format so you know writing sort of complicated action scenes like i would say you know just throw paint at the canvas. You know, the more you've got on there, the more you've got to play with when it comes to editing it down. Hmm. Um, that's that's the best advice I, I could give from from writing, you know, those kind of scenes. Well, I definitely think it's very successful in terms of your script. So mm -hmm. if people are out there and interested in getting in touch with you about your work and about this series, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? I spend a lot of time on emails, you know, I'm always at my keyboard, you know, always like to have a little flourish to where uh, the emails that I send. So I'd say the best way, um, I've kind of got one specifically dedicated to writing and that's um, kgkfabe at uh, gmail.com. Um, that's that's kind of my go-to for writing right now, kgkfabe. We'll take care of you on the website for sure so people can get in touch with you after they have read your script, which we will have on scriptshopshow.com, and they listen to the show and listening to us say all this right now. Real time. In, real, in media res. It's amazing. <laughs> Kyle, it's been awesome yeah. talking with you about this. Thank you so much for sharing your script with us on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been it's been an absolute blast. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you later. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, Jack. Oh, sorry, I had a little there. technical issue there. Yeah, well, that was Kyle. That was Kyle with Kayfabe. Yes, I love the script. I love it, love it, love it. It's I very do too. gritty. And, and you know, we talk about, like, the main characters being in their cars, eating peanut butter, mm -hmm. living out of their cars, traveling town to town just to get some sort of performance time. Yep. It's, it's cool. It's his experience with the industry it just pops up all over this. Like he was saying with the language or I love the scene where Jody and Josh are um, like putting tanning lotion on each other yeah. and laying out, perfecting their tans for right. their look and their image and they get it. And it's, it's just cool that there's all of this really specific detail built into this world. The script feels very authentic and I feel yes. like it comes from a very authentic place. Yeah, there's I agree. A, in the very beginning, he talks too about comparing uh, wrestlers to musicians and even in the, in the interview there, he talked about sort of calling them artists, which they're artists with their bodies. And I think any sort of comparison to uh, a musician, a painter, any sort of thing like that, where you're willing to do this thing that you love so much, whether or not you actually make any money off of it. 
<laughs> just dedicated to this craft and this thing that you're just obsessed with. Speaking of script shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, speaking of which, if you do would like to maybe make it so we could have a little bit of money coming off of this, that's a terribly greedy sounding segue, but here we are. This is the world we're living in. We are on Patreon. Uh, if you enjoyed this uh, interview, if you've enjoyed any of our past interviews, if you plan on enjoying future interviews, <laughs> yes. there's a way you could express that enjoyment by, uh, you can do it monetarily. Yeah, go to Patreon and toss a couple of digital dollars our way. Mm-hmm. What if somebody mailed us like $10? That'd be cool. Yeah, where would they even mail it to? I don't I don't want Frank's I'm not, house? I'm not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we can give out Frank's address. That's <laughs> If I had to pick between the three of us, that's obviously the way I'm going to go. Ooh, ooh, let's get a P.O. box. Uh, there are other ways that you can express your enjoyment of the show uh, by going online and leaving us a review on iTunes. That would be huge for us. Right. Or communicating with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're all on there. On Twitter, I am your bestie, Westie. And I am Script Shop Jack. Frank is not on Twitter, but right. we're working on browbeating him into doing that. Frank, Wait. do you have any thoughts about maybe joining Twitter? I've I've been thinking about it, mm-hmm. but it I don't know. It just feels like a chat room that nobody is actually talking. They're just shouting. <laughs> this is well, that's what Jack always says because I'll be like, I'm not good at Twitter, and Jack's like, actually, nobody's good at Twitter. You, you shouldn't <laughs> be good at Twitter. It's not a goal to to strive for. It's funny though because one of my favorite tweets of all time was somebody who just randomly said it was like a welcome to Twitter tweet, and it said something like. Welcome to Twitter. Here's your copy of the Communist Manifesto and also a season pass to pro wrestling for some reason. It's one of my all-time favorite tweets. Yeah, it's that, that's a very funny tweet, and it's very apt. Uh, Philip just joined Twitter, mostly because I told him how funny Jack is on Twitter. I am funny. And then Philip went on this he went on this amazing vacation to New Orleans, and he spent the whole time texting me updates, and I said, you need to be putting this on Twitter. Obviously. This is exactly how this works. Folks, thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Kyle Gray, for coming on to talk about kayfabe. You can uh, find everything about us online, scriptshopshow.com. And until next week, friends, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West, hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley, produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.